0: in our spiritual conflict series. Pastor Terry is away today. And so uh, we're continuing our series. Um, Last week, we talked about authority, okay? Last week, we talked about authority. Pastor Terry laid out how we can walk in authority as believers. And today, we are going to continue this conversation, okay? Um, It's going to be absolutely awesome. I don't know about you, but I've been having a lot of fun this morning. um, So I figure we can continue having fun digging into God's word. I want to share with you a quick story and it's actually about myself. I'm Pastor Sam. If you don't know me, I love food, um, but also a part of like, um, I guess the things that you consume that are not so great for you, but taste amazing is candy. Um, and so I love candy. I love, I love candy. And growing up, I really, really like, I, I really liked candy. Um, and so uh, my parents, by the way, my parents are here in the front row. Uh, they're incredible. Um, I love it. Okay, um, so my parents can probably attest to this. I really I really loved candy growing up. Um, anyways, um, moral of the story, I, I really liked candy. Um, and so what, what would happen is um, my, my parents, being good parents, um, would try and monitor the amount of intake of candy that I had, right? I mean, um, they were probably concerned about me running around crazy, I don't know, uh, cavities, all this kind of stuff. Anyways, um, I thought I was smart. So what I would do would be... I don't know if they know this. They might be discovering this for the first time. Um, but like some money that I got for like Christmas or like birthdays and stuff, I would kind of like, it would be my 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 uh, safety net, you know? So every time, you know, I'd, I'd find myself, you know, in a store, you know, and there was candy and I'd find a candy that I liked, I would purchase this candy and then I'd start creating these little stashes in my room. So it would, they would be like in my drawers, you know, like under my bed, you know, like where like no, none of my siblings would find them, and my, my parents wouldn't know, um, and then anytime I would just be chilling and I'd be like, "Oh, some candy would be nice right now." I would go to these little stashes and I'd grab some candy, and I would just enjoy it. It would be a beautiful, beautiful thing until one day um we decided to go to the dentist, and uh, we <laughs> and what what had happened was we we were at the dentist, and I remember it taking super long for for this cleaning or whatever was going on at that at that point. I just remember my mouth was open for a really really long time, and as a kid, you're like, I just want to close my mouth and go home. Um, and so I, it took a while, and then the dentist called my mom in, and uh, she was like, so like, does your son consume a lot of pop, like sugary drinks and and stuff like that? And my mom's like, well, like, I mean, he drinks pop every once in a while, you know, like this juice, but I don't know. I wouldn't say it's inordinate, you know? Um, And then then she asks, um, does your son eat a lot of candy? And uh, (laughs) I remember my mom looking at me and she's like, you could see it in her eyes. She's like, have you eaten candy that I don't know about? (laughs) And I was like, "Ah, (laughs) I'm not going to answer that question right now. Um, So in that moment, I learned a few things, though, because the dentist also told my mom that I had a few cavities. And so what I realized was those things that I thought were fun and enjoyable um, actually had some consequences, and the reality is, is that as a kid, you know, it's like, it's candy. It's, it's kind of funny, you know, like you, you, you eat candy, but there are real consequences. And so today I want us to look at maybe what's hiding in your drawer. What is hiding in under your bed? You know, what are those things in our hearts and in our lives? Maybe those areas where we haven't allowed God in that those things are hidden. And although they may seem enjoyable in a moment, they can have some serious consequences. And so as it relates to authority, I think it's important for us to also talk about accountability. And so as we open today, um, I would like us to kind of create a distinction between authority and authenticity, okay? We live in a world right now that is passionate about authenticity. We, we, people want to be who they are, um, they want to have their opinions, they want to know what they believe, and they want to be true to themselves. I, I think that there's a part in all of us that desires to be true to ourselves. I think that we were actually created in a very distinct way, and so in, in, to some extent we are to be true to ourselves, but if taken to the extreme, it's no longer healthy. And so if we talk about authority, it's no longer about who you are in terms of your personality, your preference, or the things that you enjoy. It's about whose you are. It's about who we belong to as followers of Jesus. And if we get the 2 make stop, if we believe that our authority or our power comes in who we are, then we will never walk in the authority that God desires us to walk in. It is only when we understand that our identity is in Christ and we understand that we are his and the only power that we have is the power that he delegates to us, that is the only way that we will ever walk in authority as followers of Jesus. That is the only way that we will ever be able to engage in spiritual conflict in a way that is healthy and fruitful and a way that brings glory to God. And so, if we've been given authority, How do we steward it? Well, if we know our identity is in Christ and God has given us authority, then how do we steward our authority? Well, there's three things that I want us to dig into today of how we can steward this authority. And the first is this, that we are to recognize that we have been given specifically delegated authority for a purpose. You see, every authority that is given to us is given to us for a purpose. Pastor Terry last week talk, talked about, used the example of, of a police officer. A police officer is delegated authority, and they have a high level of authority within um, our community, but they've been given that authority for a purpose. And so if we look at our lives, if we look at the context of Christianity, why have you and I been given authority? I think the answer is found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And it's Jesus, it's his words to his disciples just before he leaves them. And he says this, Then Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the end of the age. The reality is, is that this is our purpose. Jesus was laying out your purpose as followers of Jesus. I have have all authority, and I am giving you authority over the works of the enemy so that you can go and make disciples of all nations. It's so that you can go and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's so that we can go and teach them the commands of Jesus. And this is our call as a church. This is our call as a community of believers to share Jesus wherever we go. But in order to do that, We have to steward our authority well. Luke chapter 10, um, verse 19 to 20 says this, I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and to overcome all power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So we are to rejoice that our names are written in heaven, but we also have authority. So authority is not a matter of salvation, but it is a matter of stewardship. And so today, this is what we're talking about. So first we need to recognize that authority has been given to us, but it has been given to us for a purpose. And so if we have been given authority for a purpose, then it means that we can use it in a positive way or in a negative way. It means that if there's a goal in mind, that there's a way in which we can use our authority to not accomplish that goal, which is set out for us. And so how do we, as followers of Jesus, continually pursue this goal, which um, God has set before us? I think the answer is in community. I I think that we actually need each other. I think that continually, if we look at scripture, it does not um, happen in isolation. Jesus continually sends out people in pairs. They do it together, and a large part of that is accountability. And so, the, the, how do we steward the authority that God has given us? First, we recognize that it's for a purpose, and the second is that we need we need to recognize our need for accountability. We actually need to be held accountable. It, it's it, it is arrogant of us to think that we do not need accountability. I know that I need it in my own life. And um, unless anybody's perfect in this room, I believe that each one of us needs accountability in our lives. And I'll give you two reasons why. The first is this. We all have areas in our lives where our actions do not line up with our beliefs. We all have areas in our lives where actions do not line up with our beliefs. And it's not a new thing. I want to show you a passage of Scripture, which honestly, when I read it, I was like, wow, this is intense. (laughs) Like, this is, woo. Um, And it's Galatians chapter 2, verse 13 to 14. Okay, it's an interaction between Paul and Peter. And Paul is coming and holding Peter accountable. And here's how the story goes. When Caiaphas, Peter, uh, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Whew, okay. Because he stood condemned. For before, before certain men came to James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began, and draw back, uh, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Caiaphas, Peter, in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? If you pay close attention, the reason why Why Paul was confronting Peter was not a matter of preference or opinion. It was a matter of the gospel. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, that's what prompted Paul to confront Peter. And so the reality is is that when um, there are actions in our lives that do not reflect our beliefs, that do not reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need people in our lives who will hold us accountable, who will speak truth into our lives. And Paul, yeah, Paul actually speaks about this in Ephesians, in his letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 28 says this, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehoods and speak truthfully to your neighbor, For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must not steal, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they might have something to share with those in need. You see, our faith isn't meant to be just a set of beliefs. It's meant to be the way that we live. It's meant to be the way that we do everything. Everything that we do is meant to bring glory to God. And so you see here, um, Paul is like, those who used to steal, those, those who used to act a certain way, they must put off this, these falsehoods. They must put off these falsehoods, and you must speak to them truthfully so that there might be change in their lives and that they might actually produce those things that they were called to produce. And I don't know about you, but, but sometimes I don't even know the falsehoods that I'm carrying until somebody points them out. And so I truly believe that this idea of speaking truth is so important. We as followers of Jesus need to be quick to put off falsehoods, and we need to be quick to listen. And so there's this sense in which the body of Christ, we are to hold each other accountable and be held accountable by others. I think Rhonda even mentioned it in her prayer, but this idea of being humble in spirit. This is how we grow, and this is how we actually walk in the authority that God has given us. I want to share with you a secondary story, okay? So that was Paul and Peter. Um, This is a second story. And it's a story that um, doesn't end well. And I think that we can learn from people who um, do end well, and we can also learn from lessons from people who didn't end well. And this is a story about Saul. This is a story about Saul. And, And basically what's happening in a moment is that he is waiting for an answer from God. And he's waiting for Samuel to come and perform a sacrifice for the Lord so that he can give him the response that he needs. In any case, Saul does not wait as long as he should have. He does not wait for Samuel to arrive. And let's just put it this way. It wasn't 15 minutes. It was an extended period of time. And this brings me to the second reason why I believe we need accountability. And it's that we can all lose sight of where our help comes from. We can all lose sight of where our help comes from. I mean, if we have to wait 15 minutes, that's one thing, but if we have to wait multiple days or weeks or months or years, we can all sometimes lose sight of where our help comes from. And so in this moment, Saul becomes desperate and he um, acts in a way that is disobedient to the Lord. He acts in a way that is disobedient, and Samuel later comes up and holds him accountable. But Saul does not heed to Samuel. He he doesn't listen to Samuel's correction. And so this is a side note, and it's a bit of a hard word, but it's a truthful one. No amount of accountability can make you into the person you do not desire to be. As followers of Jesus, Do we desire to be more like Christ? As we look at the story of Saul, there's two things that we learn about authority and accountability. And the first is that um, the power is the Lord's and the Lord bestows his authority on the righteous. And there is a measure of sin in our lives that if left unaddressed will hinder the authority that we walk in as followers of Jesus. That there's actually, sin will hinder the authority that we walk in in a spiritual sense as followers of Jesus. If you look at the story of Saul, from that moment onward, he began to decay spiritually. In fact, later in his life, it talks about how demons would torment Saul. And then David is brought in and he plays the harp to appease Saul's heart. Which brings me to my second point is that you can walk in earthly authority, but not be walking in spiritual authority. And so Saul, he's still king of Israel. But as you see Saul and David in one room, Saul has earthly authority, but David has spiritual authority. Saul is still king of Israel and Israel was supposed to be a beacon of light and Saul was supposed to lead the nation of Israel to be a model of what a people looks like who submit their lives before the Lord. But yet, because of his actions, he he didn't lose his earthly authority, but he did lose, I believe, his spiritual authority. And so why do I tell you this? It's because God just like Saul, has placed you exactly where he wants you to be. He has given you and delegated to you the exact authority that he wants you to have in this season. How will you steward it? My prayer is that we wouldn't lose sight of where our help comes from. My hope is that even in moments when we don't understand how to respond or how to react in a situation, that we would have people around us who would help us to pursue Jesus and who would hold us accountable when we are going a little bit sideways. And that in those moments, we wouldn't choose to walk in our earthly authority and what we can control with our own two hands, but that we would seek to walk in spiritual authority. They are combined. However, your earthly authority does not expect, does not change your spiritual authority. But your spiritual authority directly affects how you steward your earthly authority. It's important. And so how do we steward the authority that God has given us? We recognize that we've been given authority for a purpose and we recognize that we need accountability. And the last thing that we can do is we recognize that accountability is not about being becoming a better person. It's about growing in righteousness. We live in a culture that so desperately desires to be a better person. Be the best version of yourself. Grow yourself, develop yourself. Become who you were created to be, who you want to be. This is not our calling as followers of Jesus. We were not designed to be who we want to be. We were designed to be more like Jesus. As Paul talks about accountability and and unity in in Ephesians, um, he says this, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness. And so we have this idea again. We put off our old selves and we step into what is new. Here is a great distinction that we need to make. It's not about being a better person. Jesus makes us a new person. And so accountability is not about being better. It's about walking as a new person in Christ. It's about walking in the identity that we already have as followers of Jesus. That is what accountability is all about. And accountability takes vulnerability. It it really, really does. And for some of us, that's super scary. I, I think that accountability is probably one of the most intimidating things that we could possibly walk in because it requires us to be known by the people around us. It requires us to admit that we're not perfect. It requires us to share those areas of our lives that we are wrestling through and that we wish we were better in. But when we have the humility to lay down our pride and to share those areas of our lives that are just a little bit broken, when we confess our sins to one another and we're able to pray for each other, then there's healing that takes place. There's healing that takes place. And so for some of you today, I recognize that accountability, and perhaps you've even tried being accountable to somebody. And you've been vulnerable, you've tried to share where your struggles are, even in your faith. And there's been some hurt that has actually come as a result of that. Maybe you've actually experienced some pain as a result of being vulnerable. I would just encourage you today. Don't let the enemy rob you of what God created to be good. Don't let the enemy rob you of community. Don't let the enemy rob you of growing in righteousness. Don't let the enemy rob you of of the of walking in the authority that God has called you to operate in. God has so, so, so much in store for you. And so I close with this. Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he loves you just the way you are. He loves you, though, too much to leave you the way that you are. And so today, may we as a church decide that we are not going to um, try and do everything on our own. May we decide that community is a good thing and that we need people to be accountable. My prayer is that each one of us would walk in the authority that God has given us. What would it look like if you started walking in your authority? What would your workplace look like? What would your friend group look like? What would your life look like if you operated in the authority that God has given you? I just wanna share, like, did you get that verse earlier, Luke? Luke 10, 19 to 20, I have given you authority to trample on, on snakes and scorpions and to overcome All the power of the enemy? What would it look like if we took authority over all the power of the enemy? And that we were confident with our faith that nothing will ever harm us, and that we would rejoice, not that spirits submit to us, but that we would rejoice that our names are written in heaven. What would it look like if we were a people that exuded joy everywhere that we went, and that we walked in authority that wasn't ours and we knew wasn't ours, but we walked in an authority that was supernatural and that people didn't understand. Understand, and that people saw miracles and um, saw healings and saw the body of Christ operating as it's supposed to be. What would our world look like? What would your world look like? So today, are you willing to step into a potentially uncomfortable space and open yourself up to accountability? Where it is, where is it that God might be asking you to invite accountability in your life? Who might he be asking you to invite into your heart and into your life? Let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you for the gift that is your body. Thank you for the opportunity to navigate this journey of life together. Thank you that we get to steward our authority in a way that honors you. And so Father, I pray for every person in this room that you would show them how it is that you want them to grow, how you want us to grow. Would you show us the areas that maybe we've been hiding from you and from others. And would you help us to release those things to you today? Would you help us to invite others in and allow them to help us, allow there to be healing as we pray and as we seek your face? Would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you strengthen your church? And would you help us to walk in the authority that you have given us? Would you be with us today? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you're doing our prayer walk this week, if you're prayer walking, um, I just want to leave you with a prayer point, and it is this. That which is hidden has come to light. Um, on That which is hidden to come to light so God can set us free and pray that this would first start with us, our families and our neighbors. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. So as you go today, may you allow God to lead you. May you allow God to show you how he wants to grow you in your faith. And may we do it together it together. Come on. Are you with me? Let's do it together. All right, friends. Well, we are officially dismissed. um, And so we hope that you have a wonderful day. We love each of you. And we're so excited that you're here online. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. God bless you all. And we love you.